brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. How to make your podcast the right length? What is behind all the success of reality and fictional storytelling in podcasting today? This week, we're going to speak with award-winning podcaster Jonathan Zenti, who's uh, Vox Nest Spreaker's new head of content. And we actually got a show promo. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 173 for December 12th, 2018. I'm sorry we missed you last week. Uh, I had some technical issues, uh, which every podcaster has from now and then. And But we're back again this week uh, with a uh, packed show. Uh, it should be a little bit of a, of a different show this week, but uh, it'll be an interesting journey if I can keep my voice intact. Um, my name is Rob Greenlee. I'm the VP of Podcaster Relations at VoxNest that operates Spreaker, and this is the official podcast for the Spreaker platform. Thanks for downloading us. Uh, just clicking play where you happen to be out on the internet. I'm joined again by my co-host, my trusty co-host, Alex Exum, who's the host of Live Talk and the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. Alex, welcome back. Thank you, Rob. Glad to be here. And it seems like we both have the same little cough thing that's going on, this little frog. Yeah, it's, it's that time of the year, right? When yeah. we're all going to get colds and and it's a it, it's a long story. This is the second one I've had this year, so I don't know what's going on because I usually Pod- only have one a year. So <laughs> it's podcaster neck. Right, right. I got too many other people using my microphones. No, that's uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that could always be it too. Right, I, exactly. you know, that's one thing I would dread. I got to tell you, being in a radio station in an actual studio because I. I don't want to use anyone else's mic. I'm just weird about my microphone. I'd have to bring in my mic every night. So I don't yeah, know how that's that right. Work. Keep it sanitized, right? <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Everybody's spitting all on the same microphone. <laughs> no right. wonder they all get sick of one on top of one. Right. I mean, I don't hear anybody talking about, uh, you know, the spreading of disease by, by microphones. But uh, I don't know. Maybe I've heard them complain about here. it. Have no, they? I've heard them complain about it here in KFI, and they you talk about how gross it is after a particular. I'm not going to say a particular host, you know, comes on or off and spits all over. They got to change the uh, the sock, you know, the right, the mic right. Sock. Well, I, mean, I think for for most podcasters, it's probably not a big issue because uh, they're typically the only ones using their microphone, right? So right, yeah, yeah. So nobody touches my mic. Yeah, exactly. If you're in a a radio station or in a studio that's used by many different people, it it could be a little bit of an issue, right? Yeah, you're coughing on it. I end up spitting on – I mean my pop filter sometimes I have to clean because it gets spittle. Yeah, Yeah, or or run it through the dishwasher or something. I don't know (laughs) if that's the right thing to do or not. It'll probably melt it or something. Mm. uh, 
Yeah. But uh, we stream the show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from speakerliveshow.com when I don't have problems with my microphone and my internet connection. Um, but it's, like I said, it's great to be back. You, you can also get the show in the Google Podcast app, uh, which, uh, you know, if you're on Android, uh, give that one a try. And the best way to get into that is just do a search for Speaker Live Show in the Google, the Chrome browser, do a search in Google. And you'll find the podcast and just hit hit to view it, and it should uh, you know bring up the app, and you can you can subscribe to the show right in that app and drop it to your uh, your Android desktop, so of sorts. But anyway, we also have um, our own Android and iOS apps, which might be easier to get to the show in, but um, you can get those in their respective stores, um, and also send us a um, an audio promo of your show. Uh, we do have one that we're going to play a little bit later in the show here from Linda Irwin. Uh, she sent us in a little promo that we'll play, and this is going to be a regular feature of the show going forward. So if you have a show on Spreaker, go ahead and send that through. Just just record something fun, and it doesn't have to be very long or very involved. It just tell us about your show. You know, play some you know some some tips or whatever that are related to your, or talk about some tips that are related to your show and. And what are the big themes that you like to talk about in your program? And just send that as an MP3 file to rob at Spreaker.com, and we'll play it in the show. So, Alex, uh, this week what I wanted to mainly talk about before I got into my conversation with Jonathan Zenti later on um, is what is the proper length of a podcast? Uh, you know, and how, as a podcaster, we should think about this question because I think it is an important question to think about. Though in practical terms, my opinion is it doesn't really matter that much. It just kind of set the the stage for what my thoughts are on this. But maybe, maybe as a podcaster, you want to get a little bit more analytical about this and really kind of think it through um, as you think about your audience and your genre of content. And really, I think that the best way to start thinking about this question is podcasting is a medium that's very personal, but listeners typically can do multitasking activities uh, while they're listening to your show. And when I say multitasking activities, they could be on a walk, they could be mowing the lawn, they could be at the gym, uh, they could be sitting at their desk uh, doing work and listening to your show, or they can be driving a car. Those are the situations where they could be waiting in line to get their license renewal or something like that. There's a lot of places that people can listen to this content. So as you think about that, is there any connection with uh, listening as it relates to these places in people's lives? So does that have a connection with duration? Now, Alex, before we get into the meat of this, what's kind of your general view of it yourself? Or do you even think about duration when you do your show? Not anymore, but we've talked about this a bunch of times. And we right. usually end up coming to the conclusion that at the end of this thing whatever is appropriate for that episode, right? right? Yep. And not try to fill it out with, you know, content that doesn't really matter just because you got to get to the 30 minute mark or the hour mark. Right. No, yeah. um, and, you know, sometimes in let's, let's be honest, we both had this happen to us. Um, sometimes you just have a poor guest. They're just not that interesting halfway through right. it or they're too nervous or something to really, you know, you know, it's just not working out and you got to cut it short. Uh, to save your audience from the brutality of sitting through 30 minutes of someone who you know can't really get their thoughts together. Right. So the point I think that we always come down to in the end is that it's really it really matters about episode, not the show as a whole, right, or the series as a whole. Um, but for some people, I, I think if they are used to an hour podcast, they expect an hour podcast. Right. 
you know, if they expect a 30 minute podcast, they expect that. But I just quickly pulled up my numbers. I know you're going to go into more depth, but mine's all over the place for the Exum experience. Live talk separate because it's exactly 120 minutes, two hours every three, you know, every three nights a week. Okay. So that's different. But the podcast that I do, which is on demand only, it's all over the place. We're up 27 minutes, 10 minutes, 60 minutes, 60 minutes, 35 minutes, three minutes, five minutes, six minutes, 19 minutes. So I don't think it matters in in my personal and my show, my instance, because they're not expecting a particular, I've never had a particular max or minimum for time length. Never. I've never, I've never done it. It it goes on. You know what I took? I'm going to shut up here in a minute, Rob. I took the um, Christian Slater approach from Pump Up the Volume where he, you know, he's a pirate radio station and he said, and they say, well, he could be on for five minutes or he could be on for five hours. You never know. Right. Right. (laughs) I like that approach. Like you just don't know. I might have nothing. I I did a show last night, which wasn't heavy on show prep. And I had an hour I had to kill. I, I figured, but I always come up with something. Right. And I had two callers call in and it just filled up the – you know what I mean? It just filled it right up. Right. So you never know what's going to happen, especially live. I, I don't know, Rob. Do you think – I mean we do this show kind of inconsistently. I mean we kind of – I don't know. I, yeah, what is I think it? we're – 30 I mean, to 40 minutes every time around maybe. Well, what's really interesting if I go back and I, I look at all the episodes, right? Um, the mm-hmm. shows that I have done that I do solo, right, just – by myself, I don't have any guests, mm-hmm. or I, I don't ever. I've only done a handful of those. Those tend to be a lot shorter. Those tend to be like twenty-five minutes, you know, something like that. But when I have a guest on, like or a co-host, like yourself, um, they typically go, you know, forty-five minutes, fifty minutes, right, <clears throat> right. So, and, 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 I and think, that makes sense, right? Because right. there's two people, you're having a conversation. It it draws it out. And I think people understand that when they hear the show, right? You know, they, they're not going, oh, wait a second. You know, Rob, you know, didn't go 40 minutes. I'm not listening ever again. No, I mean, I've never heard that comment. You know? No, but or, I do hear comments. I mean, I used to get this comment um, a lot when I was doing doing my nationally syndicated radio show. It's like some shows that I did uh, were like 45 minutes long and other ones were a little over an hour. And I, I think, like you were saying earlier, people get used to the duration of your show and they build it into their lives, right? They take out a chunk whether it's like Thursday at five o'clock when they're driving home from work or if they're at the gym and they kind of expect the show to be, you know, 45 minutes. So they kind of like schedule that into their schedule. And so, and if the show's like 25 minutes long, but they scheduled 45 minutes, guess what? There's, there's a bunch of dead time, right? So and then well, ra- yeah, and yeah, radio, so, you have to get the timing down. So. Right. And and then on the other side of the coin, it's like, oh, they, they booked you 45 minutes for listening to your show, uh, but you went an hour and 20 minutes, right? So where are they going to find that extra 30 minutes to listen to your show if they've scheduled themselves? And I, I got people writing me on both sides of that issue, right? Um, mm-hmm. Saying, com- complaining because the show was too short, and then other people were complaining because the show was too long. So, oh, okay. Um, so there's kind of that that goes on as well. I don't hear that type of feedback as much as I used to, right? I think in the uh, – and I'm not sure why. Uh, maybe people have just gotten accustomed to it and they're a little more flexible on it. But maybe it also means that the audience that I have for the shows that I produce don't really care about that much, right? Maybe it's newbie listeners. Maybe it's ones that are – I don't know. It It feels like maybe it's changed, but – that was my my experience in the past, right? 
And if you think about what the average commute time is in the U.S., so if you think about how many people are listening to podcasts in the car, which really the, the, the research is showing that not that many people are listening to podcasts in the car. Let's just, I'll just say it the way it is. If I look at the Edison research on it, um, it's not really penetrating as well as I think a lot of people thought it was going to. And I think it gets mm-hmm. back to the technology of listening in the car. It's still kind of a pain in, pain in the rear, right? Uh, it's not as easy to do. You got to plug into an aux in jack or you got to get your app configured with Bluetooth or you got, I mean, there's some hurdles that people are still jumping through. Most people still don't have CarPlay or Android auto in their cars yet with a, with a data connection from their dashboard. Right. Uh, Most people don't have that yet. Um, so we're still early in listening in the car. Um, but we, we are seeing trend lines around people listening at home more, which is interesting. Right. Um, but that makes sense to me because right. it, the, one thing they never mention, I, I think, in like all of this research and Edison, I guess, is included, but they're in a car, right? And so that changes, like you said, the home and car, are, are, right? We got two different environments, but I don't know if it's the barrier because everybody has a flipping cell phone and most people know how right. to hook up their phone. Either they plug it into their car with their stereo or they use Bluetooth or whatever. Most people I know, as soon as they get in their car, they kind of hook their phone up to their car. I don't have a modern car like that that's totally hooked right. up, but I, right. most new, new cars do. So here's what I'm getting at. If you're in your car, what do you want? It's live, which is number one, which I think is huge, which is why I like Spreaker, and that's why I'm, I'm all in on live. I'm all in on live. Sure. But not only that, they, they're looking for traffic. They want to know the traffic because they're trying to get to work, they want, and they want the time, and they want the weather, and it's that, that's something you're not really going to get from a podcast because they're on their way or, to work or coming back from work. Yeah. So that's where they kind of got podcast by the by the throat there. Like podcasting can't really they can't give them live time updates on traffic and weather. <laughs> they just can't. And so if, if you know they're gonna or you know maybe breaking news or you know all these breakfast zoos and breakfast club type shows. It's all breaking news and sometimes it's gossip or whatever. Even if they're playing music, they're always doing that kind of stuff. And it's and what do they always do, Rob? It's always you know this from radio. Every freaking one you know it's it's uh. The, you know, the time on the fives, weather on the tens, traffic on the tens, you know, they right. always they hammer it in your head because they want you to know that's where you go for your darn uh, traffic to make sure you're not late for work. So it's it's a different medium. Like I, like they, they, keep, they always think, well, it's, there's no penetration because blah, blah, blah. Well, no, they're looking for traffic. Looking right. For I weather. mean, it's a different it's a different content need. Now, now yeah. I mean, if you think about it, there's apps for all that, you know, well, you know, so you don't really have to listen to radio to see what the weather is going to be. You don't really have to listen to the radio to get your, your your traffic updates there's there's ways and all these apps that give you that real time now granted what's different is is that those are going to display on your cell phone screen and you're not supposed to be holding your cell phone when you're driving right so those are the the things that are battling for people's attention in the car but i'm not saying that's the only yeah. selling point what i'm saying right. is you get you get a, you get a little bit of you get the best of both worlds cuz they can give you engaging content but they have the live time updates that you want you're not going to get that from podcasting so you're at a disadvantage already you see right. what i'm saying in yeah. the car at least but if i've got you on the treadmill at the gym or at home right I can go deep. I don't have to deal with show clocks. I don't have to deal with ads if I don't want to. I mean, I can deep dive into a topic for an hour, two hours if I want to, right. and have your undivided attention. So it's different. Like, I, I, I think that the the whole push that we have to turn podcasting into the car to make it viable. I don't. I don't know if that's ever going to really happen. 
And like, there's too much focus on, well, we got to get the podcast in the car. We got to get the pocket. They've got the podcast. They got the phone. They've got it in their hand. They could put it, they can play it if they want, but it's not giving them everything they need. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. And it's, and it's just a matter of time, right? I mean, all of our cars are becoming, you know, this is what I like to say. They're, they're becoming rolling iPads, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess so, a good way of putting so it. they're, they're going to more and more become enabled for apps and all sorts of listening environments. And if you think about, you know, autonomous cars, which are coming, you know, maybe a few more years out than a lot of people have thought. Um, but you start thinking about that, that changes the conversation entirely. What are you going to be doing in the car, right? At that point, are you be listening to audio or are you going to be watching a mm -hmm. YouTube video or TV show? You know, so there's, there's going Motion to be sickness. a lot of dynamics that's going to come into this as technology more and more moves into the car. I mean, if you think about the the smart uh, agent um, type platforms um, like like the Amazon smart speaker technology that's going to be more and more integrated into the car too and maybe we're going to see those real time traffic updates come through that process come through that smart platform based on what um, our needs are right in the car we we may be listening to a podcast but we may also get you know these updates that come through audio. Um, into the car while we're driving too, we we might be able to tell it to do that. So I think it's, it's going to be easy, I think, for technology to replace radio in the car as this develops. Uh, but now we're getting a little off the topic of duration, yeah. but but all these things factor into it, right? And, and if you think about the average commute time in the U.S. is about 26 minutes. And, you know, you think about those. Not here in L.A. Well, yeah, down, down there, it's probably an hour, right? So, I mean, that's, you know, or maybe more, you're lucky. who knows? You're right? lucky. <laughs> um, I've, I've lived in LA. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's, it's horrible down there. I mean, just oh, driving yeah. seven miles can take you an hour, you know? So, right. Um, because I've done it. Um, I know exactly the average length of a podcast right now is about 43 minutes, right? So you think about where we are today in the market for podcasting, um, but you also have to look at, you know, what's the duration of the top 100 podcasts in like, like here in October of 2018, just it's, some research was done um, to look at the top 100 podcasts and how long they are um, on average. And it's 53 minutes. So we're kind of all over the map here, aren't we? I mean, and that's the bigger message here. I mean, I, I do a podcast each week, the new media show that's 90 plus minutes long. And then um, some other podcasts like video game podcasts are 90 minutes long or 80 minutes long on average. So, um, you can still build large audiences with long shows. I mean, I, it all gets back to the content and how it's engaging to the listener. Uh, at the end of the day, there's some people that claim you got to earn your duration, right? I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but, you know, start out short over time, um, you can grow it longer as you build your audience, right? Because they will stay connected with you. I think that there's some rationale to that. Um, yeah. may, maybe it's easier to start your show with it being a little shorter. Um, your podcast is going to naturally want to grow longer the longer you do it. That's been my experience because you get more confident. You start packing more content into it. Um, it typically will expand, right? It'll, it'll grow. And Alex, is that something you felt – have you felt that pressure? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, like I said, I never really gave 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Too much thought to the length. Uh, you know, I just I just didn't when I first started. And I think right. when I first started, I, I, I said I was going to do it like, you know, I had a like really – tight schedule. I said, I think like every podcast, I'm going to do a show every week for 30 minutes or something like that. I said, right. And that just did not happen. (laughs) So, um, I've, you know, I've done weeks where, especially like more recently, I've kind of trailed off because I'm doing live talk, but I've done, you know, there's been a month where I did maybe one or two months where I did, you know, 12 shows, you know, and it depends on like what I'm, what's going on in my life. Cause I talk about that, but also the news, if something breaks, and stuff like that, that might cause someone to do a podcast. If you have my type of, po- I mean, something could happen, you know, I don't know, Rob, if you would do that, but like, let's say there was some earth shattering podcasting news, maybe from Spreaker or like, you know, something, I don't know what it would be another merger or something, you know, maybe you'd want to go on the air and it's not a Wednesday, you know what I mean? And just, you know, I don't know, but that's like how I always saw it. Like if there's something that happens, I'm just going to go on. And if, if people listen, they, if they're there live, cool. But if not, no big deal. So anyway, I'm rambling here. I don't think it matters. I think people should maybe, like you said, ease into it because if you say I'm going to do an hour and you can't handle an hour every week or every month, eh, it's going to be a rough ride. So, yeah, start off smaller and you could always grow. Right. Right. Nobody's saying that you can't go from 20 minutes to 40 to an hour. I mean, stuff happens. So, yeah. And if you look at uh, the stats that are coming out of uh, Apple um, like both of the podcasts that I do, I've gone in and I've I've looked in Apple to see. You know how far people are listening to this stuff. I mean, are are people completing the episodes when, when they listen to podcasts? You can get that through the Podcast Connect um, tool. I know we're kind of going off topic here a little bit, but you know these things around duration. Um, you can kind of see that in those tools. So if you log into your account at Podcast Connect and be able to look at where people drop off when they listen to your show, right? It's like this little chart that charts the the timeline of your show and it will show it's almost like an up and down kind of wave or a roller coaster of when people are dropping out uh when people are listening uh, you know how many people that, that that you have listening to your show across the whole length of it and what you'll find is is that um you know some of the episodes that <laughs> i have are over indexing which means that people are coming in and listening to the show more than once 
right? So completely, right, more than once. Um, I mean, if you have a rating of a, of 100%, that means that every person that downloaded your show listened to the whole show completely, right? But if you're indexing like 130%, that means that 30% of your your listeners are listening to your episode or part of your episode more than once in, in I mean, not in complete, but in partial. So they'll listen to the episode once and then they'll come back and listen to another section of it, you know, a second time. That's the kind of consumption pattern that I'm seeing with the shows that I'm involved in. Now that may not be your experience in there, but the average is like 85% completion. So, and it doesn't matter how long it is. I don't see any correlation between the length of the show and how much of that is completed in my stats in Apple. So, right. you know, it's, which tells me that it really doesn't matter. Right. And I, and you, and you totally predicted this, Alex, at the beginning of this segment that we would wind up at this spot. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, call me a fortune teller, but I mean, we've talked, how many times have we talked about this? I mean, it's not, it's not anything I uh, came up with new, Rob. You you brought it up too. No, um, no, I did, and but, and I just wanted to approach it from a little different perspective. Sure, uh, and and give people because I I noticed that it came up uh, in the podcast community this week, and and again, I'm like some of these topics are reoccurring topics, oh, yeah. right? That people are trying to find clarity, right? People are trying to find what's the right path, you know? What should I do, you know? Those questions keep coming up. Uh, over and over again as new people get involved in the medium. So, so we have to address them on a regular basis to let people know that, that, you know, what the, what the path is, or maybe there is no path here, you know? So and Rob, another tip for podcasters who don't have the tools you're talking about, right. To check the length um, right. of the show. One way you can always do it is just read the comments because sometimes, especially when I get hate comments, right. Or, or trolls, you know, your show sucks. And why did you talk about this? And it's like, well, why are you listening? And by the way, that was 40 minutes into the show. So you're listening to the whole damn thing, right? <laughs> that's right. So that's another way of seeing uh, how long people are listening. To yeah. I mean, I've gotten hate comments on, on my shows in the past and, but those hate comments come in every week. So it's, it's like, you know, those are the fans same person, right? Yeah. Those are fans. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes it doesn't have to be hate comments. They could be, you know, Nice comments as well. Right, but right. I mean, it goes, goes that way too. But, you know, my motto is I, I don't care as long as they're listening, right? Well, but they, I mean, you got to love those people who say, oh, yeah, I, I can't stand this guy. But they come back every week. Right, it's, right. It's, it's, go away. Like, <laughs> I don't go places I don't like. I don't, I don't eat at a terrible restaurant, right? Get food poisoning and go, you know, I got to go back there every week. <laughs> I just well, don't understand these people. Yeah, well, what it tells me is that we're connecting with them at a level that is engaging to them and they want to interact, right? It, it causes can, them to connect, right? I can do without the connection. They right. Mean, I know it can be, it. it can be a little rough, right? So, but no, I've gotten pretty thick skin, but yeah. it's just, uh, it's one of those things where I, I marvel at it. Like then what the heck are you, but they, listen, that happens to every single radio show host or podcaster at some point where someone pops in and you're like, well, why do you keep coming back? Your problem. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> As long as I keep coming back, I'm I'm, I'm happy. So, hey, um, Alex, let's let's move on from that topic. Yeah, sure. If, if you have any feedback on this duration question, we'd love to hear it, and you know, give us some um, comments back on it. What's your experience with it? And we'll talk about it on the show. So, if you want to send that to Rob at Spreaker dot com uh, or Alex at Alex 
Ectum dot com. Um, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll get it to me, and we can add it to the show, or he can just talk about it when we do the next week's episode. So definitely, we want to hear from you on this topic. So let's play a a, a um, show promo that we got from Linda Irwin, who does the awesome Insanity Surfers podcast on Spreaker, and that's at uh, a i s x q dot com. Uh, so I'm going to play that right now. Uh, Linda, thank you so much for that. But uh, let's hear what she has to say. Smash out of the routine. No one else is doing this. It's not so sacred. Human characters, AI, and other. Comedy. Music. Randomness. Awesome Insanity Surfers on Spreaker and on AISXQ.com. Yes, that was awesome insanity, Linda. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alex, what do you think about that? It's awesome. Thank you, Linda. I, Linda is a frequent flyer on the live talk show as well. So there's some crossover here, Robin. I think it's awesome. I hope uh, she makes more. I don't know. Can, she, can people make multiple? Or other people send them in. I love those things. I love, love when yeah. listeners do stuff like that. You know that. You know, and Rob, I, I have to say this. We still – where are the listener the audio comments? We don't get those anymore either. I don't, I don't know if we're still asking for those. I, I forgot about it. They, <laughs> we don't ask for them anymore. <laughs> well, actually – I started asking for promos, so you know maybe it's time to get some promos going for for shows, so we can help promote cool. some shows on the You're platform right. too. So You're right. But, yeah, I, I love it. I, I just love it when people send us audio. I don't know. I'm weird that way. You know yeah. that. But uh, thank you so much, Linda, for sending. Thanks, it in. Linda. And, and if you want to get your your show promo um, played on the Spreaker Live Show, send it to to me, uh, Rob at Spreaker dot com, and um, I'll, I'll put it into the lineup. So it's it's great. And Alex, uh, uh, thanks for joining me on the show. I'm going to transition over to my conversation with Jonathan Zinti now. But uh, I'll catch it off air. Thanks, Rob. Have, have a terrific week, Alex. Thanks. You too, bud. Bye. So up next, I've got um, a special interview that uh, I did with Jonathan Zenti, um, who's Voxness uh, and Spreaker's new head of content out, out of Europe. Uh, he's in Italy and is in a, uh, a fine Italian man uh, who's been in uh, radio for many years. And he, he's a storytelling podcast producer and recently won some awards uh, at the Third Coast Podcast Conference and uh, for his podcast called Me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, if you wanted to check out his podcast at meet.com, and that's M-E-A-T, 
meatpodcast.com. Meat is a podcast about bodies and the lives we live because of them. So it's an interesting idea that uh, I'll play a promo to it a little bit later, but I wanted to welcome Jonathan to the show. Thank you so much for joining me on the Spreaker Live so show, Jonathan. Thank you. Jonathan, let's talk about your new role uh, as head of content uh, for Voxness and Spreaker. Um, what are you going to be focusing on? So let's, let's kind of, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, they're still changing every day. Uh, it has been a very exciting month and I was very happy to find that I was working in a company that it's very, uh, focused on experimenting new stuff. Right. And when I was asked to take this role, um, I, I, I come from a part of Italy where it's very, a cultural thing to, uh, ask to the boss what to do and say yes. And so uh, I, I was asked what I have to do. Tell me like day by day my tasks. And I was told you can do whatever you want, like experiment. And then we will see if it's working or not. And I think that there's um, in, in the last, that that's what I felt uh, as a producer myself, that there's more, um, uh, attention to what the, what on the contents that uh, podcasts and producers are making. One one reason is that the um, uh, the advertisement uh, is becoming one of the most important way to finance a podcast, mm -hmm. especially an independent podcast. And so uh, the the way that you are communicating with your listeners. It's becoming important because you need to have more listeners to have more revenues from the ads. And that, that's one of the reasons. And the other one is that now it's not, uh, it's not a news anymore that podcasts is uh, a, a thing that a lot of people are using um, on, in their everyday life to um get some news to entertain themselves to uh discover new stories and ex unexpected stories so now the news is not that oh podcast is booming the, the news is okay what what are we talking about uh and so the the, the first thing that i uh that i did uh with uh some of of our uh, great colleagues was to um, give a look at what our users are doing and um, the way they are they are producing their contents, and I listened to hundreds of shows in the last months, and that's what I really like because I like to listen and discover new stuff. And I, for example, I realized that one of my favorite shows ever uh, was uh, hosted on Spreaker and I didn't know uh, before so I, I immediately got in touch with him and I said oh my god I'm a, I'm a, huge, I'm a huge fan um, and now I'm working on on your backside so you have a fan in the building just to let you know and yeah so that, that's the main thing and then now it's time to um, to think what to do in the next months and how to help uh, the users to um, to create the kind of shows they have in mind. Uh, so for me, uh, starting a podcast when I started 
my first podcast, it was like learning the guitar that you you had an idea, uh, but you can't play yet in a proper way. So the the final um, song at, at the beginning, it's not so good. And it takes a kind of time and tools and a trainer to to be able to play what you have in mind. So that that's what the, the kind of support that in the future we're going to bring to our community. Yeah, I agree, Jonathan. It's it's magical to to find like these um these these golden gems in the haystack, right? Of of uh, terrific new podcasts and and Spreaker is full of it and and I I, I agree with that. I think it's fantastic that uh, part part of your role is going to going to be exposing those those podcasts and the gems that are that are in our catalog to bring some attention to them and and bring some some focus to it. But uh, why don't you tell us about your radio producer history and how you got started producing storytelling audio and your your entry into podcasting um, with your award winning Meet podcast. Yeah, before before me, I had another interesting uh, moment in my life when um, I, I I started my first internship at a public radio in Italy in 2003, and I trained myself. I was working as a sound designer for a radio drama weekly show, and I spent a lot of time in the studio. And after three years, I really wanted to be. Uh, on making radio on the field uh, and outside the studio. And so I wanted to do documentaries. And when I was ready, the Italian public radio closed the documentary office. Uh, and so I still wanted to uh, work with interviews and the sound fields recordings. And so I did it by myself. And the, the my, my distribution... Um, strategy at that time was to make it as a live show because right. I couldn't air on the aerial on the radio. So I, I was like driving around Italy with a with a sampler and a microphone, and I was reading my script and sending music and sounds uh, bites from the sampler. And so I it really um, set the foundation of an independent uh, kind of radio making and strictly connected to the listeners. That it's not so, um, uh, it's not so easy to think about in Europe because we have these in, in every country in, uh, let's say outside the United States, the United States is the only one who doesn't have a state radio right. uh, th that collects 80% of the, of the markets, uh, of the advertisers. And um, uh, and so for a very long time uh, inside the public radio, they weren't really committed to the listeners because they didn't have to, to have a great audience uh, to have their, their fundings. Um, but going too, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Everybody like you have a state. Already, right, yeah. Yeah, you have a state umbrella uh, over your head that covers you, whatever you do. Uh, and there's more politics involved and other kind of uh, decision-making process. Uh, but going like club to club, uh, city to city to test my writing and my 
my ideas uh, in small clubs doing these live shows uh, connected me to a listener. So when it came the first the time to make the first podcast that I did in, in Italian in 2011, it was very a natural process to me to um, to make something for an on-demand kind of listeners. Yeah. And then I, yeah, I went on and off doing myself for public radio, for other projects or for myself. And then in 2016, uh, the Radiotopia Network sent out a call for a new program uh, with a contest called PodQuest. And they were searching for a new program. And I had this idea in mind but it was in english and as you can yeah. hear it's not my it's not my even my first my my second language i think it's the third and um so i wasn't sure but it i just sent the idea and they they received 1537 proposals right and so i completely like forgot about it and and then i got the news that it was one of the 10 as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Semi-finalist, and then one of the four finalists. Eventually, I didn't win, and I'm pretty... I wouldn't say happy, but I, I think that the, the show that won is Year Hustle and is one of the um, blockbuster podcasts of the last two years. And um, I, I wouldn't be able to keep that kind of um, production pace. Uh -huh. uh, so, yeah, I, I had the time to think about my idea, my podcast and that experience to take some time to look at it from outside. And then I started working again on the episodes and I sent out the first and the second. And then I, I, I have recordings for a first season made of eight episodes, but I'm still taking a lot of time writing and right. Yeah, so I'm not very effective in releasing episode. That's my the main flow of the project. Hey, but let's um, let's play a clip from your first, uh, you know, uh, you know, your first episode of Meat, 
Uh, and then we can talk about the process of making this type of storytelling podcast and what's involved as, as others, I believe, are uh, really have a keen interest in learning about the process and, and um, how, how it all works. And we'll talk about that after we play a, a, a little clip from the first, uh, first few minutes of your first episode talking about meat. Hi. This is my new podcast. It's called Meet. And in the next few weeks, we... Meet, as in meeting people? Who are you meeting? N no, uh, it's meat, like animal meat. Like chicken meat? Yeah. So, should I start it again? Can you hear my accent? The point is, when I say meat, do you think that people will understand meat like meeting people? So, uh, you're saying, is meat pronounced like meat? Yeah, meat's pronounced like meat. Which meat do you mean? Do you mean M-E-E-T or M-E-A-T? M-E-A-T. Can you tell I'm not a native English speaker? Oh, so... How... Meat. Practice that. Meat. 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 Okay. Uh, you've meat. Okay. When you hear me talk... Can you tell where I'm from, which country, which region? Please tell me just one time the right way to say it. Meat. Meat. Because I can't. My English sounds perfect inside my head. Uh, um, I, I, I looked inside this when I talk to people, when I have to make a speech somewhere abroad, in my head my English always sounds like... Dr. Guy's ambition was to rid the world of cancer. He was convinced that the secret of how to do this lay inside the human cell. But then I record myself and I listen back to the recordings and every time I feel depressed because in reality I sound like this. My mouth is trained to speak another language, Italian. My lower jawbone is used to opening and closing fast and hard to articulate all the consonants that give that special rhythm to words. The space between my palate and the surface of my tongue is tight, so the air that pumps from my lungs is pushed out fast under a little pressure. That's how I can speed out all those vowels at the end of Italian words. There's the English that I hear in my head and the English that comes out of my mouth. And in between, there's just meat. Muscles, nerves, cartilages, bones, freckles, marrows, moles, scars, wounds, blood. Whatever is going on in our heads, our thoughts, our dreams, our fears, it's flesh that gives a materiality to being alive. You own your own meat. If you own nothing else in the world, you own the fucking meat that's packing your bones. That's what this podcast is all about. The cage of flesh that we call body. That keeps us alive. Jonathan, that was a really interesting um, clip from your series. Um, it's called Meat. And it's at uh, meatpodcast.com. So if you wanted to hear the, the whole series, uh, just go, go to that website and uh, check it out. You can also find it on Spreaker as well. So um, go, go give it a listen. I think he talks about... Um, uh, some really terrific kind of thoughts on this this topic, and it's definitely worth li listening to. So go go check that out. Um, but 
Jonathan, let's um, kind of dig into this a little bit and and get kind of your perspective on kind of the the magic behind the storytelling that you did here and and how you how you actually produce this meat podcast. Uh, and, you know, just kind of get into some topics about how you put it together uh, and what was the idea behind meat and and where do stories like this really come from? It, it seems like that they come from one's imagination and and one's um, experience, life experiences. But can you talk about this process? And and I think it will really help, um, you know, aspiring podcasters to to really kind of get in the right mindset to start thinking about a show production that they might want to do. So. Um, I'm all ears. So I have I I have now my my creative process is uh, based on three writing moments. Mm -hmm. uh, so as you have heard, the idea is to meet is a podcast about uh, the bodies we have and and how the the bodies we have. In, in, uh, affects the relationships that we have with uh, each other. Right. Uh, um, uh, so the, when I had the idea that the first step is to write down a um, basic structure of what I want to say mm -hmm. for every episode, like in general for the podcast, but for every episode. So it's more... Um, uh, like a kind of writing that it's made of boxes. So here I should talk about these and then add something here and something there in order to, to have also a, um, a list of things that I need to, uh, to get on tape. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I record all the interviews or, or, like all the recordings that I'm doing, like the, the, the different scenes mm -hmm. um, that I, I use as a background for my narration. And then the, the last stage is the actual script. So word by word, what I, what I want to say. So first I like, I, I have kind of writing on uh, the tapes I have. So I, like the, the, the cutting and the uh, stitching process of the sound bites, it's also the second, it, it's a step, it's a kind of writing and it's a, the second step of the creative process. And then the final one is like choosing the exact word to say here and there. Gotcha. So do you use like, uh, like Reaper or, um, or, or yeah, you know, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I use Pro Tools. Pro Tools. Uh, because, okay. Well, that's not necessarily yeah. a bad choice, though. I started using that, and I'm very uh, fast with that. Uh, and I'm I'm forcing myself to move to Reaper because it's actually really better, more flexible. It's becoming a standard. But yeah, I, I, anyway, I I use a multi-track uh, digital audio workstation and. Now I would say that's like sixty percent. It's still produced, but I try to to push my usage of Reaper um, higher. Gotcha. Do you use uh, dynamic or condenser microphones when you do your 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 voice segments? I have a um, a condenser microphone that I 
cuddle like a baby because it was uh, like a gift from from heaven because I I, I bought a, a very old used micro brand that I really like. It's a German brand called Microtech, but it, it was a very old, old, old. It was in 2007, I think, that I bought it, or eight. And the second time I used it, it started to picking up the radio waves around. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so when I plugged um, the microphone, you could hear, like, the, oh, no, no, who, you know, the typical uh, commercial radio host talking oh, no. through my mic. And so I I I, I bought it in a, in a shop even if it was used. So I had a warrant. I sent it back and say there's this problem. Can you fix it? And they say yes. And after one month, I didn't have it back. So I went back there and say, yeah, I, I'm working on something. So I need some like the same microphone that I, that I was using uh, to to finish the job. And they say okay. Let, uh, we we are giving you one new microphone and you can keep it until the other one is fixed. And they never called me back. So <laughs> I guess they weren't <laughs> able to fix it. Let me just say that basically a, a large diaphragm microphone is basically a, a, a speaker <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> I, my question is also how he the microphone was picking waves, like how he became an antenna that way, not not just right. uh, uh, being a speaker, but also how, how uh, it, and I think they didn't, even the manufacturer didn't know because they, they didn't return the microphone right. fixed. So, so uh, yeah, so I, I'm also, uh, I started playing and recording music when I was at the high school. So I have this kind of musical approach also to the tools I use. So um, I, I, I bought that kind of microphone also because it's um, a good one to have in a home recording studio for recording voice or acoustic guitars. And um, yeah, so the, the, that's the, the, the main microphone that I have. And then I have um, uh, another condenser shotgun for the interviews on the field that I attach to my Zoom recorder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's the two main microphones that I use most of the time. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a bit about um, how you um, how you do your podcast and what type of recording gear that you use to get all those great sound clips. Uh, uh, we'd love to hear the, the story and, and kind of more gadget uh, uh, related uh, talk on this whole process of creating these compelling stories um, like meat uh, right now uh, because uh, uh, the, the recording doing for meat are um, they, they are conversation based right. um, so I have a small Zoom recorder that came out last year. It's called F1 uh-huh. uh, that I um, attached to my belt with a Lavalier microphone with a, ro- uh, a Rode pin mic. The one has like it, it's like a pin, and it's a microphone that I I'm using for a long time for um, 
hidden recordings. So if I want to step in a in a place and uh, record a conversation without being noticed, I, I'm using that mic because it's omnidirectional and it picks up very well. So I'm always recorded and then I have the shotgun pointed to my interviewee in front of me and okay, then I so combine the two specs. Yeah, yeah. So you're actually yeah. doing both. You're using a lavalier for yourself and, and the shotgun for your guest. Yeah, I know some use the lavaliers for both uh, your your subject as well as you know. I see some podcasters doing that because I I agree with you. I mean, a lot of people are just not comfortable um, or even know how to use a microphone properly. Um, so it's it may be a little more authentic to actually not have to put them through that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I still I I have to say that I still like the the sound of the um, shotgun condenser microphone, the, the the way that he brings all the the be the bass uh, around the voice, all the harmonic of the bass, and I think that they resonate a lot in the earphones when you when you hear that um, the the Levalier mic, especially for example of my voice. On my voice, uh, it's um, uh, like the, the the range of the uh, of the frequency is really really smaller, uh, and it's good for my podcast because you can hear the difference between when I'm talking as host and when I'm on the field. So from that point is okay, but I I wouldn't use it to record my host intimate kind of voice that I always try to record. Right. Do you see microphones as a as a sound design um, concept too? So when you're doing your productions, do you think of the, the kind of sound that the microphone makes as part of the kind of creative art of the production? Yeah, I'm a little nerdy from oh, yeah. that point okay. of view. I kind of gathered yeah, that, so... kind of hearing your 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 meat podcast that you kind of had different sounds in there and different kind of, you know, some sounds were very faint and other sounds were very strong, and uh, other ones definitely had a different kind of frequency um, kind kind of response to them. And I thought that was interesting because that obviously is done on purpose. I think. Yeah, that's also I have like they are not. I don't know. It's, they are those kind of things that the maker knows, but that listeners will never get. Uh, so it's more, I think that it's more kind of uh, nerdy proud that you are sharing <laughs> and you find yourself with other producers and say, oh, I use that microphone. Oh, I use that the other one. Right, right. It is a little uh, geeky. There's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah, there's like one of the things that I uh, really liked about that. There's uh, one of my friend. He's a great sound designer. He's, uh, he's called Brendan Baker, and he has just worked on the um, uh, the Wolverine podcast, the oh, first yeah, Marvel sure. podcast. Yeah. And he recorded with a with a microphone that was able to pick up like eight different angles from the from the room even if then he had to squeeze it everything in a stereo in a stereo sound so he had just left and right he didn't have all the other angles that he could have but he, he said he presented that um a couple of months ago in chicago and then he said it was just so much fun to record in that way right. <laughs> even if 
that you listeners you can't get it but to work on that way it was just so much fun so i, I think that i have this kind so this kind of attitude and i takes a lot of time testing different brands and then it's some he, here that i'm using the the microphone that i like and uh that that's my thing but i i it took i think almost two years uh, of testing brands and asking friends right. can you um can i borrow your microphone f- for a while to test if i like it or not and yeah, yeah it's like yeah i i always think that podcasts and especially if it's intended to be a narrative immersive podcast hit your ears with the sounds before the content and so from that point of view i always try to take care to every step that i that i that i do in that direction I mean, certainly, I mean, if you've been a long-time podcaster, you've been into audio production, I mean, kind of like your background and mine, too, because I've been involved in the medium a long time, too. I have quite a repertoire of uh, microphones stacked up over the years, um, and they're all different. Like, I'm I'm using a different microphone right now for this show than I usually use. I usually use a Shure, um, like an SM7B, but I'm actually using a condenser mic this time because I'm in a different location. Um, but so the audio is going to sound a little bit different, but I can totally see, you know, it's almost like your microphone becomes almost like a different kind of paintbrush, right? If you're an artist, um, you can kind of look at it from that perspective. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That it's it's going to paint a different kind of a texture um, to the program, each microphone. I know <laughs> more and more, I think, as we get into podcasting, and let's kind of talk about kind of this magic secret sauce that's going on around storytelling but it it does appear that we are moving into an era of quality right and podcasting has been built on just getting audio out there you know authentic voices conversations kind of like what we're doing with this podcast um but this podcast is pretty easy to produce right it doesn't take a lot of prep uh, it doesn't take a lot of post-production because i I'm just used to doing it live, and that's basically what we're doing is we're 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 doing it live. So it it doesn't require the same level of complexity of production and thought process. You, you can't 
you know, typically a live program, you can't change out a bunch of microphones to create a different sound in different situations because you just don't have that flexibility. Um, so I think we are kind of moving into an interesting time in podcasting. And what's your thoughts on that as we kind of, you know, you know, you mentioned the Wolverine podcast. You mentioned, you know, this whole fictional side. Um, it's going to bring in a lot of those areas that you were talking about, about sound design and mm. sound creativity and trying to create depth, almost like a TV or movie production. Um, that That's what it reminds me of when I hear talking about making these podcasts. But give us kind of a snapshot of what you think the, the industry is moving towards. And is this kind of uh, where the future of podcasting is going to be, is in this kind of fictional storytelling side? Mm-hmm. So I... I always avoid the kind of discussions uh, or, or the topic of discussion when someone says uh, this thing is going to erase what there was before. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to erase anything. I agree with you. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the the great thing. Uh, so I, I I for example when there was the the tablet and iPad. Oh my God! The newspaper is going to uh, to disappear, and it didn't happen. Or the books didn't with the books, it didn't happen. Uh, I always look at at podcasting technology as a very new uh, and innovative uh, way of distribution for audio content, and and um, and especially growing up in a state radio environment as i told you the, the the thing that for me it's still very strong is that podcasting made everything possible uh so uh there isn't anyone at the top deciding now this year we are going to produce this and not that because the listeners they don't like that or they don't want that uh it's more an it's an approach more similar to what happened in the 50s with music where right. there were like a lot of, okay, let's try with this band. Is it working? Yes, let's put money again on that band. It's not working. We are killing that. And even if it's uh, a little um, straightforward, this approach, I, I really like the fact that there's room for every kind of audio um, that that is possible. Right. Uh, so the new thing is that uh, probably there's going to be a little more money for quality than it used to be, especially before uh, Serial or uh, before S-Town, for example. So what that showed, and also now the third season of Serial uh, um, made very evident that you can invest uh in a project where you can leave a couple of reporters in a place for one year and then work on the podcast and it's still sustainable. Um, <clears throat> so we are going to have more quality stuff because there are more and more investors willing to put some money in quality project. But if I have to make an example, uh, if I pick up mm, like three of my favorite shows, one is, uh, for example, The Heart made by Caitlin Press that is um, a highly curated podcast that was recorded in a wardrobe. Uh, so you could have this kind of rich sound and the the, the way she was um, 
creating the intimacy with the listeners uh, with a highly with a high quality level of the program still made in a bedroom and at the same time another one the the, the one i mentioned before that is on spreaker uh, it's a, a kind of comedy investigative podcast that it's called whatever happened to pizza at mcdonald's and the host who is a genius according to me he really likes the live tools of our of spreaker's app uh, and he use it a lot and the sound is very rough it's uh, so he's recording the shows directly for from i think his phone or his tablet and but it gives the like the touch of the show in that way because it's also kind of a parody of a true crime so the fact that he's like live made and it's not super produced like usually the tri- true crime podcasts are it, it's funny by itself so there's room for everything and for different styles and ideas and quality is just one side of the idea but so do you think it's it's um it's possible for anyone to produce a series like this or do you think the skills that's necessary are so um, unique that uh, it, it takes some, some training and, and things like that? Or, I mean, I mean, a lot of the early days of podcasting was, you know, people just pulling up a microphone and starting to record something. And, and it appears that, you know, the direction the medium is going is um, these more complex productions are the ones that are getting the larger audiences. And so I I think that there's a lot of interest and a lot of movement towards um, people wanting to do this because they want to gather those larger audiences. And they see storytelling and the method of production like we heard with your meet program being being the pathway. I'm speaking at more and more events, and I hear people talking about, um, you know, making these type of productions um, as it's – oftentimes being viewed now is is what podcasting is and then, and granted podcasting has always really been about storytelling it's just really what's changed is how long are the stories and how complex are they and what's the production elements of those stories so so as you think about that can anyone do this do you think jonathan of course like if if i did it it means that re- <laughs> literally anyone can do it yeah. um, um, again for me the the, the, the most important uh, thing about podcasting is the it, it's a way of distribution that it's really open to everyone right. and it it's really up to the creator uh, and there's room for everything uh, again I'm sorry if I'm repeating yeah. myself but it's yeah. it's really strong to me so I know now that I'm, I, I'm also do trainings for 10 years and I know that there are the ones who has an idea and they are so happy of that idea that they want to like to make it and repeat it and fund it and go on with that. And they are great in that. There are others that they are never, um, they're always like, searching for new ideas and new stuff and they want to learn uh, and so it's really up to them uh, the, the the most important thing also on uh, our side with our i mean the um, the companies who are providing services for the uh, for the users and the makers is to have uh, the tools they need to have when they need to have so uh, uh, talking about italy the where 
the 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 podcast scene is just is just trying to move the first steps right now we don't have um a training course we don't have a university teaching you how to make any kind of radio so we have the same kind of shows because they they don't know where to look for if they if they want to do something else and it's something that we with the speaker in Europe we are trying to to fix in the next year and the, the most important thing is is to provide the users the tools to go wherever they they want to go yeah and and to be really frank about it i i mean i'm excited to have you join the team jonathan because i'm i'm a long-time podcaster doing it for 14 15 years myself and been on the radio and all that stuff and i don't feel like i have the chops or the skills to to do a compelling storytelling podcast, like at the production level that you guys are doing it at. I mean, I've been thinking more and more about, you know, I should probably start down that path at some point to produce something just so I have that skill set. But it's not something that the, the longtime podcaster community has really been thinking about is that type of production. So it's still new to a lot of people, um, this whole concept. And add me to the list of people that uh, want to learn the magic and the secret behind being able to to do this and my feeling is that it's probably um, a lot about imagination and a lot about your ability to look at the world in a way and translate it into something that's um, that has depth and context and, and experience behind it in audio versus just kind of what I've mainly focused on over the years is just conversational data and information really versus experience and i think that's the big difference here what's your thoughts on all that well if i for example for example for me going in that direction of narration and written radio and um, write every word speaking every sound it's also something that comes from my personal attitude the first time that when I, I did the first internship, the first time the, my boss sent me out to collect voice, voices from the street, I stopped three person, three, four person, and they all sent me to hell. Like, I don't have time. And so I sit in a bench in the park and I cried for, I think, 20 minutes. And then I uh, turned on my the record that I had and I made up some street voices with fake like faking the voice myself so like well yeah yeah yeah, yeah i think they didn't think that and fortunately yet never used that and did, there's no evidence of that but uh, the, the fact that i don't feel so confident in doing live stuff or um talking with people created the fact that I write everything and uh, but for example if uh, the other inputs that, it, that it's very interesting to me if, if you look at the charts the podcast the top of the podcast charts even if we know that they are not reliable and right. they're, yeah. they're really man, easily man, manageable but right. if you look and you trust them you can see that you have a couple of true crime podcasts, well-produced, well-curated, and with a big teams working behind. At the same time, you have uh, always in the fifth, third, seventh position, a podcast like My Favorite Murder, that is just two girls open up a mic and talking hours about 
and laughing about murder cases. So it, it's kind of a, a natural environment that balances itself, the podcasting, because every time there's something that is taking the spotlight, at the same time, there's something against it that comes up and create this kind of balance that you have always something new and nothing smashing all the other style of radio. Uh, I, I Digging into the Spreaker database, I found very interesting stuff. Like there's, there's a woman driving the truck and recording a podcast driving her truck and talking about truck. And I think yeah. it's, it's amazing. It's one of my favorite podcasts right now, <laughs> even if I don't know anything about trucks but she's just so natural and uh spontaneous in the way and passionate uh in the way she talks while she while she's driving her truck she's gonna have her community her followers and her um, money to make it and everything she needs from from that project really i guess what you're saying is that podcasting still today even though there's you know heightened awareness and interest in the the storytelling podcasts um under a certain type of production um is just one genre that's in this medium podcasting is really kind of like a uh, you know like a white canvas that you can paint whatever you want to paint um, and that's, I, I think that's the key takeaway that I have about the media. And what I really love about this medium is that it, it enables people to express themselves any way they want to, really. I mean, within logical um, borders, but but I think uh, it, it just opens the door to creativity. And that's what the medium has really been all about. And that's what's made it significantly different than radio. Yeah. And it's like saying tonight I'm going to watch something on Netflix, for example. You, It's just a way you consume uh, stuff, but inside that you can find whatever uh, fits your need in that time or your habits or the things you like. Yeah, it's just, it's not, it's like I'll be always against the fact that it's becoming a, gen a genre. Uh, every time that I, I hear, for example, the conundrum podcast is not radio or this is a podcast. This is not a podcast. Um, I always say, is there an RSS feed somewhere? Right. If yes, it's a podcast. Right. And we, we can love and appreciate Serial and Astound just because they did, they made radio for 20 years before. And uh, and they know how to make radio, and they always they 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 produce this American Life for twenty years, so they need they know how to make radio and how how to try new stuff. And for example, the second season of Serial wasn't so good, but they are also a group that are able to learn by by their own mistakes. And the third season is really 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 better and it's a new thing that it's different from the second and from the and uh, from the first so it's just like as i told you before i don't think that podcasting is killing anyone or anything it's just giving us more chances right. uh, to do whatever we, we want to do and that's yeah, right. the beauty of that yeah it is definitely well jonathan it's been great to spend some time with you and get your thoughts on this medium from a little bit of a different perspective. And, and what was really, really great about it was is that there's so much common ground there, you know, between I think most people that look at this medium kind of kind of view it through through the same lens that, that both of us do. And I think it's 
it's really exciting as well. It, but it was great to have you join me, and, and welcome to Spreaker and Voxness. <laughs> Thank you. It was nice for me as well, so I could shout out some of the things that are stuck in my head in this, like, because I'm receiving a lot of inputs and I still don't know uh, where to send the outputs. So right. it was really nice talking to you. And Yeah, it was and, great too, and, and I'm sure that uh, we'll be seeing Jonathan at uh, various podcasting events in the u.s or over the next year so yeah and probably other places around the, the the world too since he's uh in, in europe and, and is going to be exploring the world of podcasting throughout europe over the next year too <laughs> yeah and some of them i hope will be together and yeah so yeah that'll be be great well thanks so much jonathan and um, I'm, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show again um, in the future we can explore a little bit deeper into other areas if uh, as they come up and i appreciate uh, uh you listening to the show this week uh listening to the circuit live show it's a little bit different uh episode this week compared to what we normally do with alex but it was great to get kind of a in-depth conversation going with jonathan zenti our new head of content over at uh at spreaker and Voxness. so have a trip uh, week. Uh, look forward to having you listen to the Speaker Live show again next week at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on um, Wednesdays. So thank you so much. And we'll look forward to hearing, um, hearing from you. Uh, send me an email if you have a question or comment. Uh, happy to uh, respond and, and play it on the, on the show. If you want to send me an audio comment, too, you can certainly do that. If you just want to record an MP3 file and send it to Rob at speaker.com that would be fantastic have a trip rest of your weekend thank you so much for uh, listening to the speaker live show as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com podcast that's indeed.com podcast terms and conditions apply